take 20, 30 seconds. Come on, just begin to lift your voice. Begin to focus on Him. Just thank Him. Thank Him in your own word, your own way. God, we just thank You for Your presence that heals and reveals. God, we thank You for Your goodness. Father, we thank You that You go before us and You make our way straight. Come on, somebody just worship Him for just 10 more seconds here. Father, we thank You that You came and You're going to give us a word that we need because You love us. You love us. Come on, I just really believe that someone just here today, you just, you need to know that God, God loves you. Not what you can become, but that God loves you. Father, we honor you and we thank you. God, as we take time to open your word, God, that you would do surgery that you would build hope in this place, that you would move people toward healing, and that ultimately people would find the help for the next step, for the next move, help to overcome the next mountain. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap again. Have a seat. Have a seat. Welcome, Church on the Rock. How you doing? Come on, listen. Y'all moved from the rock to the mountain, baby. Hey, listen. We're glad y'all are here. Listen, this is going to be a, a fun uh, Sunday. My wife and I, we are from... Uh, we are from Rogers, Arkansas, and we just love your pastors. We love your team. Pastor John and Linnell have just, I mean, continually helped us, cared for us, uh, pastored us, your staff, uh, all of your pastors on staff. I I'm just telling you, you know, I get to travel from time to time, and I just want you to know that you have an incredible team, an incredible pastor staff. Come on, yeah, give them some honor, integrity, authenticity. And we just were so excited to be here. Pastor John has asked me to talk about connecting people to ministry, connecting people to ministry. You know that you're a minister, right? Do you know that you can minister? See, I just need to stop real quick and just, let, let's just talk a little bit. Let's just have a moment, just me and you. If, if, if I were to sit down and we were able to get coffee together and you were to tell me your story and I was to tell you mine, at the end of that conversation, I would ask you, now who could you go encourage and tell that story? Because the Bible says that we overcome by the words of our testimony. Does anybody have something to testify about today? Has God done something? Anybody got a second chance? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Anybody gotten a little mercy? Anybody gotten a little bit of grace? Come on. Listen, we as the church have to be empowered to be able to share our story because everything God gives you is not just for you. God wants to begin to move hope in your life, build you, build you up, begin to speak over your things, what can be and not what are not. 
And then he wants to move you toward healing. And he ultimately wants to help you move forward in his calling for your life. But here's the condition is that we would give that to somebody else. I remember in my own life when this changed in my life when someone began to call me out and notice me and see me and speak into my life that, you know what, you can do something. You can be something. God's got a plan for you. Well, I grew up and uh, we, we went to a it was funny. Oh, I went to a church on the rock camp. It was called Rock Conference at that time. And uh, there were times when there would be prophetic ministry. And, you know, for those of you who grew up in that, you were always like, is it calling me? You know, like you would lean forward, give a little bit of that's right and that's good, just to hope that someone would call something out in you. And, and here's what I want you to know today is that the eyes of the Lord are, are moving to and fro and they're looking for, he's, God's looking for someone who will say yes to him. Someone that will believe that their brokenness doesn't stop ministry. But their brokenness is actually a reason why we should step into ministry. See, here's the thing. For me, I was adopted from a foster home when I was a, a baby. My, my parents got divorced when I was seven. And we moved three major moves from eight to ten. And we moved from Round Rock to Beeville, from Beeville to Waco. And we, so we started over many times. And here's what happened is there was this inferiority, this insecurity. I, I didn't have roots. I, I, I was growing up, but I didn't have a place. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? And so all of that was kind of uprooted in my life. And now I'm struggling to find out who I am. And it was people in church, people who had a life group, people who came early, people who, and back in old school church, listen, everybody, every mom was your mom. Come on, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Every mom was your mom. You, you, you kind of got corrected by everybody. You know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't too much for everybody to give you like, you know what I'm like you knew you were loved if you were spanked by everybody. Um, maybe we shouldn't bring that back. Um, but uh, I, I tell you, I was an extra child. Any, any extra people? I was a little extra. I was extra rebellious. I was a little extra talkative. I was a little extra hyper. I was the hyper kid. You know, if you would come through the lobby, I was on one end and then the other end and then the other end. Extra. Any extra people? Come on. Extra. Listen, if you have to stop by Starbucks in order to come to church, you extra. I'm just going to say that. Like, Listen, I really need to worship the Lord, but I need four shots today. I'm going to church with my family. No, stop. I'm just kidding. I know that was extra. Um, for, for, uh, for me, everything changed when, when I got the revelation that I could do ministry. I was in need of hope, healing, and help. Matthew chapter 9, go ahead and turn there if you got it, open your phone. We're going to put it on the screen. Matthew chapter 9, 35, it says this, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and the villages, teaching in the synagogue and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had 
What's it say? Y'all seeing a lot of that right now? <laughs> Come on. Like, when Jesus walked around, he saw some. He, he, he offered up. He gave compassion. Why? Look at this. Because the people there were harassed and helpless. Harassed and helpless. See, here's why it's so important that you're here every time the doors are open. This is why we pursue a relationship with the Lord because we know that we can, listen, we can dress up, we can shop at Dillard's, we can put the lipstick on, we can get the hair right, we can get the degree, but internally we know that there are people harassed. Harassed by their past. Harassed by what someone said or someone did. And go on internally. In fact, I got a text from one of my friends today and he was like, hey guys, pray for me. My family's on vacation and I'm at home. And listen, I'm having some anxiety. And maybe you're here today and you've been harassed. Mentally, See, I believe the enemy wants to come in and he wants to destroy and he wants to keep us from our God-given potential. And Jesus' heart broke. Listen, listen, listen. Jesus didn't start correcting everybody. He had compassion because he saw as he looked out, people need help. Harassed and helpless. And look at this. Then he turns to his disciples and he says, the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers unto his harvest. I want to give you four things that I believe will unleash your ministry no matter where you're at. That will unleash your ministry. Things that Jesus showed us from the text. If we're going to step into ministry, we're going to have to be available. We're going to have to be intentional. We're going to have to be observant. And we're going to have to be compassionate. See, and I believe that as we begin to move into ministry, Jesus was available. This means that he made time for others. And I have to be honest, as five years in, as a senior pastor of a church, if you were to tell me what are the two hurdles that you see from people growing, maturing, discipling into a full-time Man, minister of the gospel. And when I say full-time, just like wherever they live, whatever occupation they do, they are committed to to ministering wherever they go. Two things, busyness and insecurity. Busyness. Like we've got so many irons in the fire and we've got so many things that we're doing. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be productive. The Bible tells us to manage our days. The Bible tells us to, come on, live wise and to take care of what we've been given. But, but as we are so busy, sometimes we don't leave room for God to do any work. We are such in a hurry. Anxiety is at the highest it's ever been because we got somewhere to be. I can't handle that conversation. I can't. I can't. Everybody's so in a hurry. And, and, and here's what's happening is broken people are staying broken because people aren't available. 
What, what about this insecurity? People have been in church maybe two or three or four or five years, and yet, listen, they still don't believe they can step into what God's called them to do because of something in their past or a struggle that they're dealing with, and the enemy is going, yeah, let's keep them all bound up. And Jesus is like, listen, I want you to go. I want you to begin to start ministry. Jesus shows us that he was available. You know what? He didn't walk around the village like the CEO. He walked around like the son. And what did the son show us? The son doesn't sit, but he serves. Like he was, if anybody could have been in a tent or positioned it was Jesus, but yet he went through the cities and he went through the villages. And, and here's my hope today. If you get anything out of today, it'll be this, that you have a yes to give. Your first yes is to Jesus and your second yes is to produce the kingdom. And we all have to give. Come on, listen, those two Yeses. Six lies that I think hurt the church. I'm going to give them to you real quick. When I say hurt the church, I love the church. I'm a pastor of a church. But I think that these are things that if we're not careful, everyone assumes and everyone believes that just because we're here, we know how to do this. Six lies that hurt the church. The first one is that everybody knows how to connect. People walk in and, and here's the deal. Uh, uh, they find their aisle before they're able to find a friend. Come on. Like, like we think that because we're here, people just automatically know how to connect or that everybody knows their spiritual gifts or everybody knows their giftings and they're, and they're actually growing in their spiritual gift. That everyone can find their place here. That everyone knows how to serve. That everyone is thriving in their spiritual walk or that everybody has a plan for growth. How will people learn to thrive spiritually, to grow in their faith, to connect with the Father, to know their giftings if we're not available? The truth is everything that you know, someone was available to teach you. See, the church being available, Jesus modeled, he just didn't model teaching, he also modeled touching. In other words, he taught the word, but he wasn't scared of getting close enough to people where he would actually touch their life. And if we're not careful, we could actually be in church for a long time and it never get past theory. See, our culture loves theory. We, lo we love to pontificate. Well, what if and 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 what if. And if we're not careful... We'll never take the assignment that God has given us from theory to faith. Listen, when you go to college, how many of you know, listen, college is great. It will train you. It will open up your mind. But when you turn that tassel, you still don't know how to do your job. Come on, is that right? Like you need to get off in the classroom. You need to get hands dirty with work. You need to know what's going on. Like you learned the concepts and now you kind of got it, but now you need to get off in it and really do it. Well, that's like the word. Listen, we want to teach you and we want to fill your mind and your heart and your soul full of God's authority and power and dominion. But then you got to go out and be like, you got to do it. 
And so if we don't have that application component, if we don't have the doing component, then here's what happens. We train up a lot of people who can exegete the scripture and who can understand great concepts of theology, but they they actually, thank you, they actually can't do it. They actually can't do it because to do it means you get your hands dirty. To do it means you work with unperfect people. To do it means you sometimes begin to set a table for people and you allow them to come eat at it and you spend time. Come on, does this make sense? Jesus was intentional. Like he wasn't, he wasn't random. I mean, the Bible says that he, he was teaching, proclaiming, and healing. It's pretty systematic. In other words, I'm going to teach, I'm going to proclaim, and then I'm going to touch and I'm going to heal. And he set the environment. For us, for the church to continue to fulfill the great commission, we have to make the great decision. And the great decision is giving our yes. Saying yes to ministry means that you get to be a part of somebody else's redemption story. For us, how do you measure spiritual maturity? You don't measure spiritual maturity with attendance. You, me- you measure maturity with sacrifice. Like sacrifice. Like I, I love my wife. We've been married 18 years. And, and I got to tell you that when I was walking down the aisle in love with her, I did not know all of the deaths that I would have to die. Come on, somebody. Like we, I love my kids. I love them. I love them. We have four children. And I just got to tell you that nobody told me walking down the aisle that your oldest son would take your toothbrush. Like, that's my toothbrush. That's my toothbrush. Like, there's some boundaries in life. And this morning, he was like, hey, Dad, where's your toothbrush? And I'm like, it's in my bag. And he's like, great, I need it. I'm like socks, socks. You don't. You never. Have, come on, parents. You know what I'm talking about. Like they take your socks. I'm like these are my socks. Oh, how do you measure mature? Is sacrifice? You just go and take it. It's taken. It. I've never one time opened the refrigerator. And it's full because they bought groceries. (laughs) I'm waiting. I believe there's a day by faith I'm going to open that. Wham! You know what I'm saying? Buddy, when I buy groceries, they're, they're like, oh, great. And they actually have this thing now where they know when the groceries are being delivered. And they hover. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? And then when I don't see them for a while, I'm like, where y'all been? We don't have no food. (laughs) Where are y'all going? To our friend's house. Listen. Here's, here's all I'm saying is that nobody told me that, that maturity would mean sacrifice. And that responsibility changes. And here's the thing. We move from showing up to growing up. 
when a baby is born, we don't just take a picture and go, the baby's here. They, we gave birth. They showed up. We're done. But the actual part is now we're growing up. Come on. And we're learning things and it's difficult and there's tension. And I'm asking you as a mature believer growing in your faith, are you just showing up or are you growing up? See, we had a couple in our church a couple years ago and they came. They sat in the back row, and after a couple months, they moved from the back row to the second in the back row. They jumped into a life group, and they began to meet the community, and, and God started working in their family. And, and, and I didn't know this till a couple years after they had been here, but I didn't know when they showed up to our church that this was a last effort for them. You see... This, this man had a drinking problem and he would come home every night and he would drink the first and the first would turn into a second. The second would turn into a third. And then it was just on. And as they began to come and get connected with people, people who made them feel loved and valued and cherished, people who began to know them and look at them, not look over them, Something began to change in their life. Their son got saved. Now he plays guitar on our worship team. The wife stepped into her ministry and now is mentoring 25 moms. And the husband has been sober, come on, for three years and leads a men's ministry. A men's ministry. See, here's what I'm saying to you. Small little starts can lead us somewhere but we have to make a decision and the decisions have to be intentional today be intentional man jump in the connect class you've been thinking about it for maybe three months four months you maybe you've been here for two years and it just doesn't seem to work out listen we need you at the door we need you on the golf cart we we need you in kids zone we, we need you to step in because here's the deal it's not just serving the church it's putting you in proximity for relationships that are deeper that can allow God to begin to use you in a way that really helps people Jesus was observant now here's the thing if you haven't gotten anything out of anything I've said um, th this this one thing is the reason why you came to church today how many of you let's be honest have gotten a new car and you've struggled a little bit with what side the gas gauge is on, what gas tank is on. Come on, be honest. You've rolled down the window, you've looked outside, and you've been like, what, what, what where, where do you fill up on this thing? Oh. And so, come on, we know you because you're at Murphy's doing this. You, maybe you pulled in and backed up a few times. Can I say, tell you that in 1986, they put this bad boy on your gas gauge. So that means that when you look at your gas gauge, that arrow tells you what side, um, get ready, boom, your tank is on. So you don't have to do this no more. And here's the deal. When I see that, I internally, I'm, no, externally, I'm like, Wah! because I'm like, look at the arrow. 
Jesus was observant. Do you know how easy it is to miss the things that are right in front of us? To just miss the things. And because of busyness and hurry, we just, we just try to do the deal. Even small things like turn around and greet your neighbor can turn into this. Come on. We got to get the aerobic spiritual four-step method down. We got to go front, back, side to side. <laughs> like, like we're going to have to take this to a whole nother level. Because here's the thing is you may have believed this is my church. I've been here for a long time and I am planted. But the person next to you may be harassed and hurting. And just your look, just your intentionality, just a moment of you seeing them could settle them. Come on. See, ministry doesn't have to be big. It can be small. I'll never forget this young adult who had started to come to our church. And honestly, um, she was very, very shy, looked down all the time. You, you would have missed her. But praise God that when she came in, there were some of our older adults that did not miss her that greeted her and looked at her and asked her to sit by them. And, and, and here's one thing. One thing led to another. She began to get some spiritual freedom. She stepped into um, our mission program uh, that we have for Be The One Ministries. And she went on that. Her life got changed. Now she's serving in students. She's leading life groups. She's doing, and here's the deal. Now you couldn't miss her because when you walk in, she's probably going to be the first or second person to greet you. How are you doing? And, and I'm telling you, that's what happens when we begin to observe people. See, when we so believe in the power of observation that we started Be The One Ministries, that, that we train people, young people, to come on local missions trips just so they can get outside and begin to see people because it kind of feels weird sometimes going up and talking to someone or praying for someone that you don't have a deep relationship with. But here's the thing. Jesus walked into the city and the villages and he taught and he touched. Can I... Just challenge you, wherever you work, touch it. Wherever you work, be observant. See, just the other day, I had a man that I knew. He posted something on uh, Facebook. I waited a couple weeks, and then I, he, he texted me. And so I said, hey, how are you doing? I saw a couple weeks ago, you said this, this, and this. You Okay. Well, he began to give me what was going on, and he was struggling. And I didn't, my goal wasn't to have him take it down or to quit or to do. I just, I could see that he was hurting. See, Facebook can be a discipleship tool if you let it. Hey, I, are you going through something? Hey, what's going on? Hey, I noticed you post that. Jesus was compassionate. Come on, we, we're talking about all four now. Jesus was available. Jesus was intentional. Jesus was observant. 
and he was compassionate. What flowed out of Jesus when he saw the hurting? Correction. I'm not saying that we don't have moments of correction, but correction outside of relationship will produce rebellion. And it will produce distance. And so I need to help all y'all who want to correct the nation over Facebook. Can I just tell you, there may be a calling on your life to help with that, but it's going to start with compassion. It's going to start with compassion. See, listen, Jesus could have corrected everybody. He could have said, listen, I've been up here watching y'all for like a long time and y'all crazy. And so y'all need me. So here's what y'all going to do. Listen, hey, listen, look up, shut up. I got something to tell y'all. But the Bible says that God so loved the world that he that he gave. I'm not saying that in relationships there aren't courageous conversations. I'm not saying that there aren't boundaries. But for us as the church, listen, what flows out of us when we observe something? Are we frustrated? Or are we compassionate? Come on. Well, why did they do that? Why did they do that? I don't know why they did that. That doesn't make any sense. They should know better. Well, what you didn't know is they were harassed and they were helpless internally. And they really need a word from a saint who has decided to grow up and step in. Come on. Help me. Help me. That's our job. So how do we show compassion? We got to slow down. See, busyness will make you feel nothing. Busyness is not a fruit of the Spirit. Can I just, for some of you, excellent workers, hard workers, praise God for that. But if we don't slow down enough to feel anything, then everybody's hurt is frustrating to us because it messes with us. If we're going to step into ministry, that means we got to feel a little bit. Jesus felt a little bit. So here's what we can do. I mean, you can connect in ministry by praying for people. You can connect in ministry by serving others. You can connect in ministry by modeling hospitality. God gave you a home. God gave you an apartment. God gave you something. And I'm telling you, as soon as you begin to use what God gave you for the kingdom, you will fill the place that God gave you with hope, with healing, and you'll be helping people. Open up your life group. Open up your home for a life group. And if you've been in a life group for a while, I'm asking you to pray and consider, like, now is it our time? To begin to lead that life group, you could exemplify generosity. Come on, I know you've heard the pastors here talk about this a lot, that God turns money, money into ministry. Well, are you a part of the ministry here? Because I believe you can be. I believe you can be if you'll move. Come on, listen, from tipping to tithing. If you'll move into saying, you know what, I believe my story and my life matters in this house and I'm going to minister here. 
As I wrap up, John 10.10 says this, that the enemy comes to, come on, help me, steal, kill, and destroy. I think sometimes when we interpret that, it means that we have amassed something and he took it from us. But what if there is potential that the enemy has been stealing from us and we haven't even fully seen all that God wants to do because of what's going on internally inside us. There are four lies for insecurity. And I want to give them to you real quick that I think stops the movement of what God wants to do in ministry. The first is this, I feel inferior I feel like an imposter. I feel incapable or I feel unworthy. I feel inferior because I compare all of my weaknesses to everybody else's strength. I feel like an imposter because even when I succeed, I feel like it's not enough. What, what, what about, I feel like, you know what, I'm incapable. Because I'm not even sure if I have what it takes to minister. Or I feel unworthy. Like, I don't even belong here. Like, I don't even belong here. It's important for you to know that the lies of insecurity affect your multiplication. If you believe you can't or you shouldn't, you never will. You never will. The biggest hindrance to growing your faith, to stepping into ministry... is to stay ignorant of the fact that we're in a spiritual battle and the enemy is trying to hinder your mission and your purpose. Come on, listen. And your destiny. The enemy is trying to come against what God put in you at birth. Come on, somebody. And I'm just telling you, there's nobody here who's lived a perfect life. But I believe that God can take the brokenness, the bruises, the baggage, and he can begin to do something anointed. Come on, listen. Through that, if you will let him. Who needs to hear your story? Who needs to see that you overcame? God loves you and he wants to use you. Will you give him your yes? Come on, as they begin to come up and sing this, we're just going to invite the presence of God here. And I want to pray for three different groups of people in this place. But, but here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Maybe this is just a little bit different than the way you normally do it. But we're going to turn this moment into a moment where we're going to say, okay, God, what do you want to shift in me? Will you stand up? Come on. Come on. All over this place. Will you stand up? Come on. Let's sing this, Zach. Come on. We're inviting a moment where God's going to begin to move on our heart. What's been hindering your ministry? Insecurity or busyness? Come on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's sing this real quick.
right here. Healing is right here. Listen, listen, help is right here. And so we're gonna, we're, we're gonna turn this loose again. And they're gonna, they got the sound, we're rolling. And I'm asking for you to open up your heart. And here's the first group that I wanna talk to. If you have felt distant from God and you're here today and your hope has been low, your brokenness, maybe you just had a conversation, maybe you're fighting with your family, maybe there's something going on and you feel like incredibly distant from the Lord and you've been running from Him. In fact, He's been talking to you, but you've been running. And I'm asking you today to surrender your life to Jesus and allow the hope and the healing, come on, listen, and the help to flow. And so if that's you, I'm going to count to three. And if you want to recommit your life to Jesus, then I believe ministry starts after you've been ministered to. Come on, does that make sense? And so I'm going to count to three, and if that's you, I want you to lift your hands all over this place. Come on, one, two, three. If that's you, come on, lift your hands. I see you. Come on, I see you. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. I see you. Will you repeat this after me? Will you, if you raise your hand, dear Jesus, I give you my life. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. God, allow your love to flow over me, to begin to transform me. I give you my hopes and my future and I submit to you as Lord and King in Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody said, amen. The second group, second group is this. You know that there's something in you, right? Like you know it and then there's times that you want to boldly step out in that. But here's the thing is there's been busyness or the lie of insecurity that you can't yet because you don't have it all together. And can I tell you that you're never going to have it all together. When you are weak, He is strong. And so let's overcome that lie right now. I'm going to count to three and if that's you. And you know what? We're going to sing that. We're going to sing that chorus there as they raise their hands. And I believe as they sing, the presence of God is going to fill your life. And you know what? It's going to overcome some hurdles and obstacles and insecurities that you've been dealing with. Come on, if that's you. One, two, three. That's me. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on. Is this if you're actively serving 
in some capacity in this church, raise your hand. Come on, we want to see you. Come on, give them a big hand. Give them a big hand. Here's what I want to say. Don't get discouraged. Don't let your yes become weighty. Keep serving. Keep doing because I believe divine appointments are coming for you and you are needed in this house. Father, we bless them. God, we thank you for people who have given their yes. And God, we ask that the weight of ministry would not take them out of ministry. And God, I pray that they are refreshed by your Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name. Come on. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. As we close, we've got a couple baptisms that we're going to celebrate with. But we'll have our altar team come up at the end. If you want prayer for anything, be sure to agree with them. If you raise your hand to get things right with God, would you just stop by the cross? Somebody there has got some information they want to give you. And the last thing is they get ready for the baptism. The screen goes up, hopefully. Thursday is the National Day of Prayer. Our nation needs prayer, doesn't it? So wherever you are, be praying over the lunch hour. We're still waiting for confirmation whether we can do it at the post office or not. If we're not at the post office, we'll be here at the church, but we'll send out emails and texts. So if you don't get texts and information going on, fill out that little information card. Then you'll know what's happening at the Church of the Rock, and when we give away that new car, you'll find out. All right, Pastor Travis. Amen. Whoa. Hey, please state your name and why you're being baptized today. I'm Brady, and I'm here to... Um prophets of a big bull I'm back uh, the draft you know restored and uh, the season of restoring in healing now coming back to my home church Amen. we're proud of you Brady let's extend a hand towards Brady Lord we thank you for Brady we thank you for his commitment to follow you God right now we baptize him in the name of the Father the Son the Holy Spirit in Jesus name be filled Amen. Come on, church. We got a married couple that are being baptized as well. Why both of you speak your names and why you're being baptized? My name is Cynthia to wash away the old me and become new in Christ. Amen. My name is John, and I'm here to rededicate my life and uh, give more time to Jesus Christ. Amen. We're so proud of y'all. That's great. Well, Lord, right now we thank you for your daughter. We thank you that you love her, that you care about her. Lord, right now we baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, be filled. Amen. Come on, church. One more. If you'd ever like to be baptized, call our church office, and we'll set that up for you. But let's extend a hand. This is our last one here today. Lord, we thank you for your son. We thank you that you love him, that you care about him, that you died on the cross for his sins. Right now we baptize him in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Be filled. Amen. 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 Just kind of seal all that's been said and done today and just kind of worship a little bit as before we go. And the altar team will be up here to pray with you. Any need you might have.
opportunity to pray for you. Uh, the worship team's going to remain up here. We'll uh, worship along with you uh, and, and, and pray for you about anything you've got going on in your life. Everybody else, feel free to be dismissed at any time. We just pray that you'd have a blessed day today.